0: Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Patrick. Is he here this morning? First service. Is he next one? Is he here? Of course he had to make it. He's missing the, the Hilton Arts Festival. didn't happen this year, so we're getting it in spurts, and so really wonderful to see the creativity and the life in which we can do announcements. Sure. What a nice morning, eh? How's that story of Greg's, eh, I guys? I, I, mean, I, I mean, Greg really cut that right down. Sorry, excuse the pun, but brought that right down. I mean, you do understand that he was hooked in his finger, so he was hooked to the shark. So if the shark got free, he was following it into the water, and uh, he couldn't get the thing out of his, and you hears the tick, tick, cut, cut, because he had to, the two wires had to be cut, wires, metal wires, Do you get that, had to be cut to get free. And there was no way that those wires could have been cut outside of clippers or cutters or pliers, which were at the bottom of the ocean at the time, or the intervention of God. And friends, this is, this is, does that encourage you? Does that story of Sheena's encourage you? That's why we meet on Sundays. And um, I spoke about that last week. Why do we meet? It's so important. I don't think I've preached. I personally have never preached on why we meet and what I'm going to talk about this morning on how we meet. In other words, give you some insight into how Sunday mornings happen and how we can do that better. Um, it's very practical, but it's so key if we're going to get together and do what God's called us to do and uh, make sure that Sundays are fit for God to do his work so that we can move out of this place, come into this place, grow in God, and press into what God has for us. And um, it's so wonderful that this morning happened like it did because it actually flows exactly into what I'm saying from my preach. So, great to see you. Heather is in Pretoria at the moment. That's why she's not here. She is one at her BFFs, daughter's marriage vibe thing. Before you get married, what do you have? It's not a baby shower. It's a... It's a bridesmaid shower or kitchen tea or something, one of those. Hens party, no, hens party maybe, or something like that. Anyway, she's at, uh, it's a very, very special moment for her. So she's up in Pretoria. That's where she is. So how do we meet? How do we meet? Obviously, why we meet leads into kind of how we meet. And um, as I said last week, 1 Corinthians 11, 12, 13 kind of puts together why we meet and kind of gives you some insight. The Corinthian church was the, the reason why we have this letter is because the Corinthian church were faulty. It's incredible how God will use our faultiness to minister to others. He, does, he, does, he uses our good things to minister to others, but he also uses our bad things. Our, somehow, this letter wouldn't have been written if the, we wouldn't have this letter, we wouldn't have what I'm going to tell you this morning if it wasn't for the faultiness of the Corinthian church that Paul writes to address. And it's just incredible how God can take anything and use it for good. Absolutely anything and use it for good. Anyway, so 1 Corinthians is a letter to the corinthian church they are they are very spiritual they are excessively on about the gifts but actually paul is saying that actually the way you're operating is actually doing more harm than good and it's not good the way you're doing it it's not representing christ it's not representing the family of god it's not representative of the kingdom of god amongst you and so he writes the letter and in 1 corinthians 14 particular in particular he he talks about tongues and prophecy but what's amazing in verse 26 or so he talks about and when you meet and it's kind of the whole chapter really is about how things should operate when you meet together how what are your meetings meant to be like and so it's very insightful for us to read 1 corinthians 14 so i'd encourage you to go and do that so as we get into 1 corinthians 14 I want to make these kind of introductory comments or kind of just go back a little bit to last week. In our meetings, friends, in our meetings, we want to focus on Jesus. We want Jesus to be made much of. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring glory to Jesus. When you bring glory to Jesus, the Holy Spirit's right behind you, pressing into you, moving amongst us. So everything about a Sunday morning, from the songs we sing, to the word we preach, to the giving, to the announcements, are all to make much of Jesus, to focus on Jesus, to help us to be better followers of Jesus. So it's to bring focus to Jesus so that we can be better followers of Jesus. So the reason why we have Sundays is to help us mature. It's to celebrate what God's doing during the week and to encourage us and to to grow us. So Greg's story and Sheena's story, if we take those stories in, together with Bev talking about love and Hilton opening it up about the impossible, so Hilton, it's incri- isn't it amazing? So Hilton comes and talks about the impossible. What follows is Sheena, what follows is Greg. It's the body operating. Nobody planned that. That was God speaking to us this morning. If we recognize that as the voice of God and we open our hearts to that, what we begin to do is we begin to grow in faith for the impossible. So when we leave this building this morning, we have greater faith for what God wants to do with us, even if it's impossible. So we want to make much of Jesus and focus on him and also follow him better. We want to grow. We want to mature. We want to, week by week, eat good food so that we can get healthier and healthier. And that always happens together, that happens in worship, it happens in the preaching of the word, it happens in the prophetic, it happens in the testimonies, it happens in all of that comes together to conspire to make us better followers of Jesus, if we keep our focus on him. So, what do we do on a Sunday morning? Oh, jeepers, I haven't started my clock. Sunday mornings, we have a basic plan. We have like an order of service which is nothing wrong with that. So because you've got to have a plan, God can always change the plan, but if you've got no plan, then it's very difficult, but God can change one plan and make another plan. So we've got an order of service and you will have experienced that. Generally, there's, there's worship, there's announcements, there's preaching, there's ministry afterwards, sometimes ministry before, but there's a basic plan to what we do on a Sunday. And what we're trying to do as we host meetings and lead meetings is we trying to get a sense of what God is saying and what God is wanting to do for Sunday. So you don't come into Sunday, you come into Sunday after previous Sunday, it's like God works things out and there's normally a flow across kind of what God is doing. God works in seasons, so kind of there often not moments like that, but what we're wanting to do on a Sunday morning is we want to find out what is God saying, what's God doing, what is he wanting to do this morning? Who does God want to, want to minister to this morning, how does God want to grow us? This morning, and uh, we start to get a sense of of what that's what God is wanting to do. The band starts to band chooses songs, which shapes that. So the band gets together. They work, they they say, God, what are the songs for? What are the songs for this morning? I don't determine their songs. They do. And it starts to shape the meeting. The prayer meeting before the meeting starts to shape what God is saying as we begin to pray together and begin to find God and to ask Him to to move powerfully on our meetings. Come to our meetings. If you can't come to a prayer meeting at 5.30 on a Thursday, come at 8 o'clock on a Sunday and pray. The contributions, public and private. Sometimes people come and say to us, "Hey, listen, what's going on here? I really feel like God's doing this. I feel like God's saying this." They don't want to share it; they just want to just let you know. Sometimes there's public contributions, like there were this morning. God speaking about love. He wants us to open our hearts for His love. The, the God of the impossible, and then begin things begin to all of those to what is preached is part of what God is wanting to do on a Sunday. And as we host meetings, we are trying to say, God. What are you wanting to do? That's what we focus. We focus on Jesus. You are building your church. What is it that you want to do with your people this morning? We want to facilitate the gifts operating. We want, to, we want to be spontaneous and interruptible. So Jan says this morning, "Oh, this is a little bit wrong way around. It's not the wrong way around. It's just for this morning. And she puts out, does somebody want to give their lives to Jesus? You see, we want to move with God. We, 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 we've got a plan, but that plan can change under the guidance of what God is wanting to do by the, by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, friends, there's no preaching. I must say I've never been in a meeting where there's been no worship and only preaching. But anything can happen on a Sunday as we feel God leading us. So we've got to be available to the Holy Spirit interrupting us, and you'll see that often on a, on a, and, and maybe you, maybe you don't know this, but so sometimes the band has got a plan, they've got some songs that they felt that God has given to them that they prepare and they practice. But sometimes the band, band goes in a, and God puts a, a song or a contribution comes and a song comes to them and they sing an unplanned song or they sing a prophetic song. Or somebody from the floor comes and sings a a prophetic song that just opens something up and we begin to go in that direction. You see, that's God interrupting our plans. It's God being open to the interrupting power of the Holy Spirit. It's incredible when we let God interrupt us in our daily and ordinary how God moves. And you see how Jesus was often, often Jesus' biggest ministry moments was when he was interrupted by somebody. And we've got to be available to that testimonies. Testimonies are so powerful. Prophetic words are so powerful. Words of knowledge, the gifts operating so powerful because it shapes what God is doing in our meeting. And when God has done what he's done and wants to do, we can stop the meeting. Generally, we start at 8.30 and we want to be finished by 10. An hour and a half. Generally. If God comes and we sit we, on our faces, we're there for the whole day, On our faces, 100%. But if God, if after an hour we're done, we're done, friends. You don't try and kind of make something happen to get the time. We're trying to follow God and what he's doing. From the preaching to who's preaching to what we're preaching, we're always trying to say, God, what are you wanting to do this morning? What are you wanting to do this week? Get the idea, big picture. So there's three things I want to talk about from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Order, building up or edification, and participation or contribution. So order, these are the three big points, order, edification, participation. And when you look at 1 Corinthians 14, I I haven't got time to read the whole thing, but if you read that, there's those three big ideas, and you could actually have a whole lot more, but I haven't got time for a whole lot more. So in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, it says this. So the first point I want to make is order. What do I mean by that? Well, if you have a look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, it says, For God is not a God of confusion or disorder, stroke disorder, different translations make it different, but of peace. God is not a God of confusion or disorder, but a God of peace. It's quite amazing that, because I thought if I'd written that, I would have said God is not a God of disorder, but a God of order. But he says, no, God is no God of disorder, he's a God of peace. And you realize when there's order, there's peace. When you bring order into something, it brings peace to something. That's what the government of God does. It comes and it puts order into our lives, and so it puts peace into our hearts. Where there's no order, there's no peace. Where there's confusion, there's no peace. And so even in the midst of all of this happening amongst us, there's got to be some semblance of order, which is what he's talking to the Corinthians very specifically about. However, the kind of order that we want, the best way of describing what I mean by that, is that there is the order of a cemetery. You know, a cemetery is very ordered. Rows, lines, everything lines up, the graves all in a row, headstones, roads everything's ordered in a, in a cemetery. But guess what? There's no life there. So we don't want that kind of order. The kind of order we want is more like the order of a nursery in a hospital. If you go, you know the hospital, you go and they do, you have a baby and then they put them in those little glass cot things with wrap and pink ones for, for girls and blue ones for boys and I don't know if they do that, but they used to do that for us. And then, they, um, and then they're all in there, and, they, and then you go and look at the window, and they bring your baby to you, and you, every, the whole family can see. But let me tell you right now, that room is chaos, but it's absolutely ordered. It's messy, it's noisy, it's probably stinky at times, but there's a lot of order in that room for those babies to, li- to, live, to come to life. And it's kind of a, uh, it's, it's, it's not chaotic. Or maybe I said the wrong word. There. It's not chaotic. It's ordered, but there's lots of moving parts. And there's lots of babies crying, and this one wants its mom, and then a nurse comes here. But there's lots of activity, and there's lots of messiness, and there's lots of smells, and there's all sorts of things. But there's so much order for that life to exist. That's the kind of order that church on a Sunday is like. It's not the order of a cemetery. It's the order of a nursery. We have a plan. You try to make a plan with all those little kids in there. I can tell you right now your day's plan is going to change because this one can't poo and this one wants to vomit and this one can't do that and you da da da, da, da as a nurse. This is what we want on a Sunday. We might not understand everything that happens on a Sunday. We want to be unpredictable. But the general atmosphere of what we're doing, there's order and there's peace. There's not confusion and a lack of peace. You see, good leadership, good leadership allows people to be themselves and for the gifts to flow, but brings peace. And that's what we're trying to do on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning. Order. And this is what he specifically talks about in 1 Corinthians 14. So the way we do that on a Sunday is somebody hosts a meeting. Somebody is given the responsibility. Nick and Jan were those people this morning. Somebody hosts the meeting. Somebody takes responsibility for stewarding what God wants to do. You see, friends, we all participate, but somebody's got to pull this thing together. Doesn't just like everybody can do what they want. In fact, he specifically says, yeah, make sure that only one of you speaks at a time. Not everybody speaking together. He kind of wants to take away the confusion for the peace of God to come into that space it's usually one of the eldership team but doesn't have to be one of the eldership team that hosts the meeting and their responsibility is to lead prophetically and governmentally so to hear try and hear what god's saying through what god is saying through the people and through the through the congregation and through the gifts and everything that's happening And through their own prayer and through the prayer beforehand, etc. etc., but then to bring order out of that so that we can actually follow and go into what God has for us. Remembering this is we're always wanting to be a family. So we do it with a family way, but friends, it is a family that's under a mission, that's under the Great Commission. So it's kind of not just family chaotic, just what actually no, we're on a mission. We actually want to focus on Jesus, we want to make disciples. That's what the great commission is. So so it's kind of the way we do it as family and kind of it can seem a little bit like cheap as what's going on here, but there is a mission. We're going towards something. And we've got to learn to hold all of that stuff in tension as as we journey together. We always work in team. We always work in team. We're trying to hear God together. If you're sitting on a prophetic word, God's spoken to you clearly during the week, and you don't bring it on a Sunday, we are all the poorer for it. You see, we work in team, we're actually a people working together. The the band, the band leader in particular, and the band and the person, the people hosting are working together. The as an eldership team, we're not kind of just leaving somebody out to dry, oh Jesus, this is tanking where they're going. No, you're with them. Helping. Where is this going? How do we do? I really feel this. They bring it in, and so we together we're trying to help find what God is doing. We always do it in team. And one of the very difficult things about hosting a meeting is saying no to somebody that brings a contribution. I'm going to talk about this, and then at the, later on I'm going to talk about how we can do that better. But I want to I want to talk about this because it becomes It's very difficult when somebody really feels like they've got something, but you've actually listened to one or two other contributions, and then you're thinking, but no, it's actually not that, it's this. Now, somebody makes that call. It's not that, it's this. Otherwise, we've got a hundred like a shotgun. (laughs) What's God saying? Well, just he's saying everything that's in the Bible. Like it doesn't help us direct the meeting. And so what I want to ask, speak to you about this morning a little bit is what does that mean? So when you bring a contribution like that, just because you don't get to share it, it doesn't mean you've missed it. It doesn't mean you've missed God. Why? First of all, can I say this, is if you've got a contribution to give and you bring it beforehand or you bring it during the meeting, when you come to the person that's hosting the meeting and you've discharged it to them, it's now stop being your responsibility under God, and it's become their responsibility under God, what to do with. That, that's why they're there. And so we've got, to, we've got to learn that that's the process of how we kind of trying to find some order in the midst of us all being together and worshiping together. The responsibility is now the person, their job to steward that word. Do we always get it right? No. But we're trying as best as we know how to do that and to get it right. So it doesn't mean that it wasn't God. It could be for you and not others. Often what happens is God will speak to us so powerfully, you think, man, I've got to share this, but actually it's more for you than it is for all of us together. It could be a faith step for you to be obedient. Actually, God is just giving you something that actually you just need to step out and be obedient, discharge it, and go and sit down. And when you get back to your seat, you hear the, well done, my good and faithful servant. It could be used in another part of the the, the service or our togetherness in a different way. Maybe wrapping up at the end, that word lines up exactly with something that was said in the preach, and actually somebody, maybe you don't share it, but the person that's hosting gets to share it. You've helped encourage the body even though you didn't share it. Friends, one of the big points about this, which I'm going to get to, edification and building up, it's not about you and me. Everything we do on the Sunday is for the building up of the body. It's not about us. Sometimes, and this, often, this can sometimes happen as well, people can see what God's doing, and then they rush up to the front and say, God's doing this. You see, confirming what God is already doing encourages the person hosting, but now to just stop what God's doing so that person can share becomes unhelpful because God's doing it. Like, let him do it. Just let it flow. Let it go. Let it move. And so sometimes there's all these kinds of dynamics that are in play. Also, we can't have too many contributions. He talks in 1 Corinthians 14, two or three People must talk in a tongue. Two or three people must prophesy. By the end of two or three contributions, we should kind of know where God's moving. And so you can't have tons of contribution and then disrupt what God is wanting to do in the service by building up the body. These are all very practical. I almost feel bad talking about such practical things. But I actually feel this is so good for us, friends. Because remember, we want Jesus to move in our meetings. We want the body to be built up and strengthened. And we want to take what God does in here beyond these four walls into the workplace and into the city in which we live. Generally, last point on this particular thing. Generally, when people come to contribute, we would like to know who, that, who you are. We'd like to know who you are. Remember... People catch not just what you say, they catch who you are. And generally, it's nice for us to know who you are. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes there's a visitor, sometimes there's somebody that comes in and you, you kind of, and you just know this person's got to share, and so you give it to them, you're trying to, but generally, we want to know who you are. We want to be known by you. Remember, by us saying contribute, we're releasing something into the body That it is your responsibility as the host of that meeting and as an eldership team, our responsibility, that we want to build the body up. And sometimes, not very often, it can go so faulty that you have to have to correct it publicly. I've been in one or two, in 20 years, I've been in one or two meetings like that. We've had to correct something because actually it's doctrinally off or actually that's not going to build the body up. Or you've got to quickly get the mark away from that person. Not often, but that does happen. So we would like to know, if you're visiting a church, can I say? If you're visiting a church and you're feeling something for the church beforehand, go to the leaders and say, hi, my name is Stan. I'm from Glenridge Church. The elder t- team know me there. I've just got this word for you. I don't know if it'll be helpful for you. If you'd like me to share it, I'm available. And now, that, that's, that's so helpful if people don't know you. Because any good leader, friends, any good leader wants what's best for his people or their people. And so actually we do want to know who you are. There's got to be some form of credibility there as best as we can. I know that can be touchy, but friends, we're not here to play games on Sunday. We're here to let God move in power. And we want to do that as best as we can. Number two, so the first thing is order. We want, a bit of, we want some order from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. The second thing is How do we do this? Well, we do this for the building up and the edification of the body. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. When you come together, everyone has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. We meet together so that the church can be strengthened, encouraged, comfort, edified are all the words that get used in 1 Corinthians 14. And in fact, Paul makes a big distinction in this text. He makes the point that, the, that tongues don't, unless it comes with interpretation, doesn't edify the body because people don't know what you're saying. And he says this. He says, I'd rather speak five intelligible words than 10,000 words in a tongue if it, because it builds up the body. And so everything we do is to build people up, is to take people further, is to get God. We want people to encounter Jesus so that they can be changed and grow and move forward in what God is doing and saying. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12 says this, So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. Build it up, strengthen it, edify the church. 14 verse 19 says, But in the church I'd rather speak five intelligible words that, to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. This is the, 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 how we, everything we do when, we, when we're thinking, how is this going to build the body up? And so you've got to take all these kinds of words and make it coherent for people so that they can step into something and respond to something or repent from something or forgive something, whatever it is that God wants us to do. You see, friends, a good meeting, a good meeting for us is not, just a good me- is not just a meeting where the gifts are present and operating. A good meeting for us is where people are taught, encouraged, built up, and equipped through the gifts to do something. You see, we're not wowed by the operation of a gift if it's not changing anything in our hearts. You see, how we meet, it's it's to build up and edify, to strengthen the church. And it's, it's actually quite amazing how often that is put, how often that comes up in this chapter, over and over again. This is where the Corinthian church was going wrong. Lots of spirituality, lots of gifts, but meetings were doing more harm than good. We want to say, God, Use all of this difference, all of this diversity, all of these different voices, all of this so that we can come together, worship you, focus on you, follow you, and be built up in the faith. So that's edification. It's order, building up. And number three is participation. Just how's this fly here? I mean, have you ever get a fly that doesn't fly away? Huh? that's when you don't do your job properly Yes, what there you go participation 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26 I've read it already when you come together all of these things a word of instruction a revelation a tongue interpreter all of these must be done for the strengthening of the body when you come together everyone has something to give and all of these must be done for the strengthening of the body so you just emphasize that slightly differently You see friends, there's a beautiful little phrase that I have, everyone gets to share something with someone else. Everyone shares something with someone else. And can I just put this kind of, just practically? When you're in smaller meetings, the emphasis goes into everyone shares. So in a home group where there's 10 or 15 of you, everybody you speak, everybody gets to hear. But as their meeting gets bigger, where you can't share everything with everybody and not everybody can hear you and we have a mark and we do all these things. The only reason why we have a mark, friends, is not to make much of the person speaking so that we all can hear. But as that, as that kind of that, that context gets bigger, it's everyone gets to share with someone else. But now when, when we get bigger, we've got to remember we don't have to share everything with everybody. You just have to share something with someone else. So it can be done in private. It can be done by yourself. It can be done when we're operating, when we're having coffee, before the meeting. As we're walking out together, God can move and God can talk. And so it's never always about about the mark. It's never always about what's that. Friends, if you're making much of the mark, you shouldn't have the mark. Because actually our job as saints and as priests is to minister to the body, even if our voice is not heard publicly. You see, coming up and sharing on a Sunday is not for our ego, it's not for our spiritual prowess, it's for the building up of others. And it's working together in teams, submitting to one another as we do that. Can I say this as we come together? I'm gonna do, I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna go into some tips for for contributing in a larger gathering to help us. Friends, know the gifts, know your gift. And know the limit of your gift. This this is going to seem a little bit insensitive. But can I just be real with you? In in verse 8 of 14, he talks about a trumpet. He talks about inanimate things. So if you want to blow the trumpet, I'm going to read it now. In fact, let me read it now. It says this. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8. Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? people are like what is that I'll never ever forget it we were in Skocharm for those that have been at Glenridge for a long time Chris Vinant was leading the church at the time this is how long ago it was Chris was having one of those moments and just Chris just stories and hey guys all excited fired up ready to go and he said, I feel like God wants to blow the trumpet. And we had this guy, Sam, that used to play the trumpet. Problem is, he didn't know Sam couldn't always play the trumpet. <laughs> and we're sitting there, and, and, and Chris just turns to him and says, Sammy, play the trumpet. <laughs> the crystals, you might have been there when that happened. <laughs> know your gift and know the limits of your gift. I'm not being insensitive, I'm being real. Friends, if you can't sing, don't sing. Like, it's not the moment on a Sunday to prove that you will do anything and be foolish for Jesus. You do that in your home group. What you do on a Sunday when we gather together is to build the body up. And when people are, and friends, Again, let's just be real. When you are actually embarrassed for the person cringing through the song, and then they don't give up because they're just going to be a fool for Jesus. It doesn't build you up, friends. It's like, oh God, thank goodness they finished. People feeling sorry for you doesn't build the body up. Friends, please hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying here. It's like, we, we've got to be real with actually why we do this. And that's why we have different groups. Man, if you're going to step out really, come and do it at a prayer meeting, not on a Sunday meeting. You know, like there's different contexts and there's different spaces. Uh, home groups and small groups are places that you can risk. You, are, you can do anything, you can say anything because it's just 15 of you and most of those 15 will say, bro, please don't sing anymore. <laughs> I'll just be real with you because they're your friend Family. Know your limits of your gifts and what you call to do, friends. Remember, what we're doing is trying to build the body up. Now, friends, now nah, let me just leave it there. <laughs> Otherwise, I end up qualifying stuff and kind of you miss the point. So what are the, some of the tips for contributing? I've got two minutes and 40 seconds left. What are some of the tips for contributing in larger gatherings? From that text, trumpet must be, have a clear sound. So it is with you, he says, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. So, these are some of the things, intelligible, clear, you don't want to be speaking into the air, we want to be speaking to people's hearts. We want to be speaking and declaring so that God speaks to people's hearts, that the Holy Spirit speaks to people's hearts. So, four things, when you... And I'm trying to help you. What this can make it sound like, cheapest, stand. I'm flipping out, there's a whole bunch of things I'm actually not going to share because actually that's too much of a thing. No, no, no. We, we want you to share. I'm trying to help you share. Otherwise, we're just playing games and not being real. So, the first thing is this. Be clear. I've got four C's. Be clear. Be clear. You've got to get to what God is trying to say or what God said to you. You've got to be clear. You've got to, you've got to kind of crystallize that out. And don't teach or interpret what God has spoken to you about. Because then you... you, you so God might give you the, the picture of... You have one word. I have this word from God, this picture from God. It's the word diamond. If that's all God said to you, diamond. Thank you. Sit down. You don't go on and say, you know what I think that means is... There's many facets, and God wants to shine his light through you, and just say diamond. Christian said that at a, at a meeting outside. He said, I have this picture of a lock. Has anybody got a lock here? And then somebody came forward, it was Lynn Emery, and spoke prophetically there. But, but you be clear. Be, be clear about what God is saying, rather than embellish on it because people, you'll lose what God is saying as you teach and interpret. And maybe what you're seeing as an interpretation is actually not what God is wanting to do. That's why you have people ordering and leading the meetings and hosting the meetings so we can best find out what that is. The second thing is be coherent. Be clear. Be coherent. It's got to be intelligible. It's got to make sense. Make sense. It's just got to make sense. If you're kind of going on and... and, if, you, and, and, and if, you, if, it, if kind of what you're doing is unclear, just say, God, please bring me clarity about how this can be best communicated in this public meeting. In fact, maybe you need to sit on it and crystallize and marinate in it a little bit longer to, to understand what it is. You see, friends, when it gets flowery, people miss the call because God's speaking to you. It's not that God's not speaking to you. It's just that you've got to take that and allow God to be coherent so it can be intelligible so that the trumpet can sound and call people to battle, as that text says. So be clear. Be coherent. Thirdly, this is big, be concise. Be concise. Get to the point. The longer that contribution comes. First of all, the longer that contribution is, the more it's disrupting the flow of the meeting and what God is doing. And the longer that becomes, the more people are missing the very point about what you are saying. Just helpful. Just try and be as concise as possible in what God does, is saying. And then fourth, and I have to put this in, be controlled. What I mean by this is this. Don't try to be weird to prove that what you're saying is from God. The spirit of the prophets, the spirits of the prophets are under the control of the prophets, is what he says in 1 Corinthians 14. If you are thrashing around and rolling on the floor, and oh, God's... and God. Friends, I'm not saying that doesn't happen to people. But, but just try and be as controlled as possible so that the trumpet can blow its clear call and bring people to be into what we are saying. See what I'm trying to say? A bit controversial, there. No, not really. Friends, we've got to be real, friends. Because actually, what we're wanting to do on a Sunday is we're wanting to come together and for the fire of God to fall on us, for the gifts to operate, and for us to blow wind into each other's sails, to put growth and life into each other's hearts, so that we leave this place on fire. And part of what I'm talking about now all contributes to that process under God. Be clear, be coherent, be concise, be controlled. Friends, we have an incredible privilege of being together and worshiping together. And we are trusting God in a growing way. The power in our meetings, the demonstration of the gifts, the demonstration of the Holy Spirit is just going to go from one degree of glory to the next but we kind of got to talk about some of these things, otherwise we kind of just come and go and actually realize your contribution is so powerful in that space. And if we don't have your contribution in participating, we'll be the poorer for it. Order, edifying, building up and participation. You see, Patrick, when Patrick does the announcements, he's a comedian dude. So it comes across in that kind of humorous way. But when somebody else does it, they've got a different way of doing it. It all is legitimate, it's all what it's meant to be under God. We've just got to learn to be ourselves in these places. Absolutely powerful moment today. And I love the way that it was demonstrated. Words, prophetic words, stories of relating to the words, miracle-working God. God is the God of the impossible from the band, and it all comes together and lands in our hearts. I trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.